Do you want to maximize your success with NCUA? Join Mark Trichel as he shares with you the insider's view on passing your exam with Flying Colors. The With Flying Colors podcast is sponsored by Credit Union Exam Solutions by Mark Trichel. If you would like to work directly with the Credit Union Exam Solutions team and receive support to optimize your results with NCUA so you save time and money, visit us at marktrichel.com to find out more. Hey everyone, this is Mark Trichel with another episode of With Flying Colors. Today I'm here with Dana Ginsberg of Compliance Tech. Dana, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me. You got it. I'm I'm excited to have you on. You you know a lot about a, a lot of very hot topics that are going on uh, in the credit union world right now. If you could, if you'd give us a little bit of your background as it relates to your work at Compliance Tech, that would be great. Sure. So I've been with Compliance Tech on and off since about 1998, with a little bit of a break for family life and things like that. But really, I've been talking all things fair lending, HMDA data, CRA data for quite some time. And I'd say for the last decade, I have been working as a point person for all of our Uh, software users, as well as our consulting in that space. So I'm a point of contact at the company for both lenders, regulatory agencies, as well as housing groups that use our software. So uniquely positioned because I'm talking to a lot of different industry folks about fair lending every day. And it's a topic that is... It's a hot topic, for lack of a better word, but the landscape, the current landscape in fair lending in the credit union industry, could you describe what's going on with that and why it's so important for credit unions to to be aware of what's going on, regulatory, the new emphasis, obviously it's always been important, but what's your take on the current landscape in fair lending? So I think what we've seen over the last for five years is probably an increase in the NCUA's fair lending examination program and the information that they've been putting out to the credit unions. I myself have been working and spoken at quite a few CUNA. I think they're now the American America's Community Credit Union. They've changed their name, but the CUNA used to have a fair lending workshop. And I've seen over the last couple years, more information coming forth, more awareness within the credit union landscape about fair lending. I think most recently, there was a big story that caught everybody's attention that was on CNN with Navy Federal Credit Union talking about lending disparities in terms of their applicants. So it's definitely even more on the radar than it has been, but we've seen the NCUA also putting out more information, increasing their level of expectations from the credit unions themselves. Yeah, that's for sure. And that that Navy story in CNN, I think it was, has got a lot of attention in the press. It got a lot of attention at the with the banking committee, if I remember right, both the Democrats mm-hmm. and the Republicans individually wrote letters saying, hey, the all members are important, but the people who defend our country are extremely important. And can you, there's going to be more coming relative to that, because I think they wrote to the CFPB, 
uh, and one of the other regulators saying, hey, uh, we'd like to have you take a close look at this. And of course, things trickle down. And you mentioned that there's a lot, a lot more discussion by NCUA about it. Chairman Todd Harper has, has been a, very passionate about this from his days when he was on the Hill, and then when he was the PACA director at NCUA, Public and Congressional Affairs. And now he now he's in charge of NCUA as the chair, so he can set the tone. And he has set the tone by talking about it more, raising the bar relative to that. And the budget, They've every year they keep increasing the amount of fair lending exams uh, that credit unions will be having. The likelihood of NCUA coming to do a fair lending exam at any individual credit union has more than doubled over the last couple of years since Todd has come on. And it's and quite think, possible. It's quite possible that could continue to increase because now he has a second vote uh, in his party, uh, who also uh, Tanya Otska, who's demonstrated that she is very passionate about this and that. I think she's her words were, "This is going to be a focus of mine uh, while I'm here." So uh, definitely a hot topic. And I think what's really important is not to cause alarm. I think that the NCUA in their recent supervisory highlights for what they're talking about for 2024 is they are extremely forthright and open with their communication and their expectations and what their focus is going to be. So whenever there's questions, instead of having a huge alarm go off of, oh my gosh, we have to look at everything and we're overwhelmed for those credit unions that are maybe building their fair lending program. They are directly telling folks exactly what their focus is going to be. And they outline it in, in those recent supervisory highlights. Dana, that's a great point. Every year they in January, that letter comes out and they highlight which regulations they are going to be looking at. And of course, fair lending is there this year, but it's a great point that they signal what they are going to be focusing on so that credit unions can maybe get a running head start to make sure that, or review their areas, maybe perhaps is the best way to say it before NCUA comes in. And so in that regard, if a credit union is looking at that letter and they say, okay, here's some things that I know NCUA is doing from where you sit and the things you've seen and the things that compliance tech does, what are some proactive steps that credit union can take relative to fair lending monitoring, for example? So it's a really great question. So we know this year they've put out a focus of redlining, uh, pricing, and marketing. And the biggest thing that I would say to the credit unions is that you've got to know your data. You need to know the types of loans that you are making and be able to have monitoring in place. So whether that's Home Mortgage Disclosure Act data, that's always, if you are a Humda reporter, that's always the first place that I would go in terms of having an understanding of our lending. You don't want to uh, not have something that gives you analytics. And so that's always the starting point. But the additional point is to be able to review the different types of loan segments that you have and make sure that you have a sufficient monitoring in place, whether that's for mortgage lending, consumer lending, auto lending. And auto lending has been called out by the NCUA as part of their supervisory highlights. So if you are uh, doing auto lending, if you have relationship with dealers and you allow dealer markup, those are all things that you want to take into account 
to be proactive in your monitoring. That's a great point. And so you mentioned uh, Humda data and you're reminding me of a conversation I had with the credit union uh, recently that had gone through a fair lending examination. And so NCUA as part of I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this mostly correct uh, okay. <laughs> as part of how they determine who they're going to look at. They'll do a random sample and pick some credit unions randomly, but they also look at the Humda data and they for outliers and whether that's statistically your X number of standard deviations away for this particular category or this data looks a little bit different than other credit unions or is alarming. They will look at the actual data. And in this instance, what triggered that credit union from getting a visit from NCUA was that they had recorded incomplete applications were recorded as withdrawals of the mm -hmm. application, which was technically mm -hmm. not correct, but the number looked weird when it was categorized as that. And that led to NCUA coming for a visit at which which led to, in the end, a visit is not a, a bad thing because it can lead to you serving your members better, but it led through an intense period where that one action had led to a review that then when they show up, they don't just look at that. They look at everything as part of the fair lending. Any thoughts relative to that comment before I ask you a couple follow-ups on the auto lending? That specific topic in terms of the Humda data being the entry point and the most important thing to have a handle on, we have seen that be the focus, right? High withdrawal rates, high dis dis denial rates. Also, when there is missing government monitoring information, the race, the gender, things like that that are missing. So anything that is going to throw your institution into focus, and there are tools out there that can help you see if you are an outlier. And I think NCUA was probably that one of the first agencies in the past 20 some odd years with that focus of outliers. And I remember I wrote about it a long time ago. I think you could probably still find it online, Dana Ginsburg, Credit Union Outliers. But that's really sorting through the, the couple thousand credit unions who are reporting the Humda data. And they sort it in different ways, excuse me, to be able to see, are you an outlier? And you can know that ahead of time with Humda being reporting Humda's due in less than a about a week from Friday is the filing deadline. You want to know what your 2023 Humda data looks like. You don't want to wait till it's publicly available. So in case you do have coding issues or you have things that are going to call attention, you want to have you want to know ahead of time so that you're prepared for potential questions that might come forward. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, pivoting to from from Humda to the auto lending, and you mentioned re relationships with dealers. That's where things. I, I you, you, when a credit union makes a loans and they've trained their own people, and it's someone down the hall or it's someone at their own branch, that creates a different set of challenges as opposed to having a relationship with name it five, ten, fifteen, twenty dealers who are out there making loans and, and offering your credit union, your someone ability to join your credit union as an indirect loan. Any thoughts relative to what you're seeing relative to that or how a credit union 
can be proactive in, in either of those scenarios, the in-house or the indirect type. Sure. Of loan. So when it comes to your auto lending and that portfolio or that portfolio of business, you want to make sure you're looking at all of the policies and procedures wrapped around the auto lending that you're doing. And the biggest risk is going to come from the question, and it's a yes, no question. Do you allow dealer markup? And you immediately eliminate or reduce your fair lending risk significantly if the answer to that question is we don't allow discretionary markup. If you have discretionary markup and it is permitted, that's where the analysis needs to happen, where you need to look and make sure that there aren't differences in who and how large those markups are across the prohibited bases. So that's where the monitoring, and if you do allow those dealer markups, that's where you need to have a, a program and a plan in place to monitor, to make sure that there isn't anything uh, popping to the surface in terms of those dealer relationships. Got it. As you're explaining that, I'm thinking about the risk ultimately potentially is a class action lawsuit or a lawsuits where members are are saying, hey, I was wronged. Are you seeing in that arena, I'm not sure if this is anything you can speak to, are you seeing more news stories relative to that or more decisions relative to that, Where which could be a highlight of it's the right thing to do, but oh, by the way, you it, it can cost you money if you don't do it right. I think years ago, there were some things that first landed this on the radar in the late 90s and things like that, early 2000s. Recently, we haven't seen too many cases. However, the scrutiny is there. And we know that all of the agencies are reviewing auto lending data. So it definitely, it just takes one sort of complaint one decision or something like that to cause issues. So it's not, sure. to, again, not to cause alarm. I think that where I'm sitting is I attend all these conferences all of the time. I am not a lawyer by background. I feel like it's very important to make sure that credit unions have the information and we simplify down what are we being asked to look at? How can we help with telling you what data points you need to look at and let folks know that this is this is something that you can take on and it doesn't need to be a huge analytics team. You don't have to have statisticians on staff that it's a very doable, as long as you have a resource, you can find the tools out there to make sure that you are just not going to be surprised down the road when somebody else looks at your data. Sure. No, that makes sense. Yeah, you want to understand it before someone asks you to see it. That's a, that's for sure. So pivoting to another topic that I see in the news a lot recently is relative to appraisal bias. And there was, I believe there was an FFIEC guidance that came out recently relative to appraisal bias. And then also, of course, redlining. Sure. Uh, are, what are the key considerations for credit unions relative to appraisal bias and redlining? And then what kind of tools does can you at Compliance Tech 
provide to credit unions or other institutions? Uh, my listeners are credit unions, obviously, but what kind of tools out there do you have that can help the credit unions achieve that? Sure, that's a big question. A, a lot of pieces. So yes. uh, let's talk redlining first. And I think what's really important from the credit union perspective as that NCUA made it very clear in their, I think that a webinar February 8th, you can go download the slides. They talked about redlining being a focus for uh, community charter credit unions, as well as credit unions that have a multiple common bond. If you are a community charter credit union, or you have a multiple common bond, you will need to focus on the redlining and make sure that you're looking to see where you are lending in your communities, who are you lending to, and have certain analytics in place to be reviewing potential redlining issues. So from that redlining perspective, and I can talk about some of the tools, but I think it's really important so that we narrow down who is being held accountable to serve their community. So that's one of those caveats there. So that's important when we're talking credit unions. And when it comes to the appraisal bias issue, there are some things that you can do to make sure you're doing a second review. Now, you can't conclusively know from your HMDA data exactly if you have appraisal bias, right? But there are certain little insights that you can glean, best practices. And what we've found, and we, again, we write about it on our blog, which is on the Compliance Tech website, but we give some hints on how you can look at loans, right? One way is to back into looking at loans that were tagged denied for collateral and look at those loans that are in majority minority census tracts. When you have a loan denied, the humder denial reason for collateral, and you have them in majority minority census tracts, I'm not saying at all that conclusively there's a, an appraisal issue going on, but that's one way to say to your NCUA examiner, part of our review is looking at loans denied for collateral in majority minority census tracts. And just taking a second look to make sure that there wasn't something going on there. Now, I learned something, learned something actually quite interesting that in some companies, and this was a mortgage company that I was talking to, that sometimes the loans don't even make it to that closed denied status. At this particular institution, they were sharing with me that sometimes they are finding that the appraisers may be doing something to maybe dissuade a full appraisal. So sometimes the um, loans are being withdrawn or tagged incomplete. In and, and so one way to back into it is in the Humda data and to be able to just say, let's take a sample of loans. If we know straight up denied for collateral in the majority minority census tracts, and maybe we also add to that a sample of withdrawn and incomplete in the majority minority census tracts, perhaps married with the appraiser, appraiser name. Again, 
I'm not suggesting at all that conclusively by looking at the data, but it's an extra layer of review because I think lenders are struggling. Wait, there's this huge issue of appraisal bias. We know it's happening. There is a lot of documentation. There are all of these subcommittee hearings on in Washington, D.C., where I'm very close to. So sure. it's one, one kind of tip that I can give to credit unions to add that layer, just like you want to add a layer of reviewing your complaints and make sure that your complaints are not fair lending related. And that's another layer just to build into your fair lending program and, and your review. Interesting. And as you're you're walking through that, I, so I moved around, the, my family and I with NCUA moved around the country a lot. And when that happened, we'd have to sell the old, you'd buy the new house and it'd get appraised and you'd sell the old house and it would get appraised. Mm-hmm. And once I hit a certain level at NCUA, NCUA had this program where they might have to buy the house if I couldn't sell it quick enough, right? Mm-hmm. And it, in those scenarios, I would you'd have to get two appraisals and they would be, sometimes they'd be real close and sometimes they would be different. And you'd wonder, mm-hmm. I'd look at them. I, I knew it wasn't redlining, but I would say, hey, why is this one higher and this wasn't lower? And they had a policy that if they didn't, if they weren't within 10%, the two that you got, you had to go out and get a third one. And it was just always, sometimes it was frustrating. Sometimes it was fascinating just to look at that data and what were the comparables they used. And mm-hmm. a lot of judgment, I guess my point is a lot of judgment can go into those. Mm-hmm. And if you have that layer of reviewing it, different people um, use different, there's the rules and then there's the judgment that they can apply. And just thinking out loud, if you're reviewing it and you're seeing that loans in a particular area done with done by a particular appraiser are coming in lower by than loans in that particular area done by another appraiser, there's the whole concept of independence of the appraisers, but and that's their uh, responsibility and yours. But ultimately, you could look at having in one area using five or six different appraisers or or ultimately the pre-approved list is something that I would think you're saying that's what you'd want to be looking at and looking at that data to make sure there aren't any anomalies that put you or the members in harm's way. Am I interpreting that right? I think I think it's a it's within the data so making it something tangible. I'm all about practical. Uh, instead of having a you know general, we're going to do a review of appraisal bias, what can you practically start with? And what we've found and my colleagues and I have found is that the Humda data, isolating those applications that are denied for collateral in majority minority census tracts is a beginning point. Because if you have a borrower who is equally or better qualified and a member of a prohibited basis group in a majority minority census tract, and they were denied and you matched up, right? You need to then be able to say why and ask those questions. And so from the data is a good starting point to see if you can isolate that information. And there are tools out there. Compliance Tech has tools that help with that type of analysis. So it's important to look from a data component because otherwise it becomes so overwhelming for credit unions to build out what is this monitoring that we're doing. So we try to give 
practical guidance as to how you even begin to implement it. And the same thing goes for complaints and complaint monitoring, right? You can go to the CFPB. They have a complaint database for every single lender in the country. And you can type in the lender name and download the complaints, do a quick pivot table and see what the subject of the complaints are and start to see if you have fair lending related complaints. Um, and I'm, again, I'm all about the basics. <laughs> These right. things are available online. So if you don't have a sophisticated complaint monitoring system, you can start with something. And NCUA examiners are always so receptive to folks that are being proactive. They want to partner with you. They want to help you. And so those are the types of things that I share just because I'm dealing with lenders all of the time. Sure. Dana, I think you also, you offer a free ebook at Compliance Tech. Is it on this topic or is there, what, what does that free ebook include? Oh, so yeah. So we have an ebook for credit unions. It's on our website. And if you type in the search on our website and you type in ebook, it's there and it, it gives fair lending tips across all different subjects. Beyond the ebook, right, we have a guide on mitigating fair lending risk. There's a lot of resources up there to help you begin the process. We can help lenders that have a robust fair lending program and need software analytics. But if you're also just getting started, there's a lot of information on our website, as well as ideas about how to get started and those resources that you need um, online. Excellent. That's that. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to download that myself when we get done here. Sounds good. The A lot more emphasis on all of these things in the banking world right now. It's possibly that there could be an even further increased emphasis along the lines of what I said, I believe Chairman Harper's goals are, but moving even further, one, two, three, pick a number of years, the future of fair lending. Where do you see that heading? And based on where you see that heading, how can credit unions stay ahead of where the regulators may be going? So I think as the regulators across all types of lenders gain the tools, whether that's internal or external tools that they use, the technology is going to allow them to review so many more lenders than they ever were able to do, We're when more than they had previously been able. So as the technology and the capabilities increase, right? So too, the lenders need to be able to have access to the same types of tools. You can't be doing this manually, right? By the time you are a Humda reporter, you need to have tools in place to help you with the analytics. And so I, in my opinion, I feel like it, the good news is even though there's more regulatory scrutiny, there are so many tools and folks out there that are able to help you do this and that you're and the tools have gotten so good that right again you don't need a statistician you don't need to necessarily have that you can be trained there's wonderful fair lending training out there analytics training so that the credit unions can have those tools so i, I just think it's so important to be proactive don't be afraid of the data. There are people like me that help explain the data all of the time. So I think that's 
the biggest thing to make sure your board, your credit union board is on board with helping you get the resources dedicated to fair lending, whether that's software or consulting or a hybrid approach. I think that's really important. And some of that just comes from also board training, uh, making sure your board is trained on fair lending basics, not to mean that they are not going to be trained in fair lending advanced topics, but really just understanding why it's so important to do the monitoring um, and provide that training to them uh, so that you get the resources in place for those compliance folks out there that are listening. That's great advice. That's great advice. Dana, this has been chock full of a lot of good information for me and hopefully for the listeners uh, in the credit union community that may be listening to this. Any questions that I did not ask you that I should have asked you or any last advice for credit unions on all of these topics? So my parting advice, again, is to make sure you take uh, use of all of the resources that are online. I do want to point folks to our website. Uh, We have a link to the NCUA where they have a checklist for their, they have a fair lending um, manual, let's say, and it has, I looked today, it has a 38 question checklist, right, of what their examiners are asking. So use that, build your own internal risk assessment and use those questions as a launch pad to see how you answer those questions, how the examiner may answer those questions. And that really gives you a roadmap to where you need. And then if you have questions, uh, find me on LinkedIn, Dana Ginsburg. It's G-I-N-S-B-U-R-G. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm posting things all of the time, fair lending related, credit union related. So I try to put a lot of great resources out there. And you can also visit the compliancetech.com website. Great advice on both those. I I saw recently on LinkedIn, you just completed a a marathon. So congratulations on that. And I do follow you you on LinkedIn and you do have a lot of great information you put up there. I appreciate it very much, Mark. Thank you for having me. And until next time. Yes, indeed, Dana. Thanks for being on. And listeners, I want to thank you for listening. I hope you'll listen again soon. This is Mark Treichel signing off with Flying Colors. Thank you for joining us on this episode of With Flying Colors. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app to hear future episodes where subject matter experts of all varieties will provide tips on how to achieve success with NCUA. If you would like to learn more about how we assist credit unions, check out our services at marktreichel.com. 